0: Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha, Kabbalah, and Machshava podcast series. If you're enjoying this content, head over to Yasodblocks.com where you can subscribe and join the growing Yasodblocks community as we share Torah of this nature. Uh, Lots of different series and content being shared and uploaded onto that platform all the time. So head over there and support what we're doing with your subscription. Additionally, you can also get access to our recent album that is also available at Yasodblocks on iTunes and Amazon called Tikkun Yasod using the integrated Torah concepts that we are sharing on this podcast and all the other series on Yasod Blocks uh, to do battle with the dark side of the internet. So if you're interested in that type of material, head over there as well. Uh, in this episode, we're moving forward in in the halachos of Birchos HaTorah, we're in Siman Mem Zion, section 47, we're up to Halacha He, the fifth halacha, and the Shulchan Arach, at this point gets into the actual text of the brachos that we say for Birchos HaTorah, and we've discussed somewhat how the, the words of a bracha, the syntax, the, the introductory phrase is kind of like the trigger phrase, the power phrase, which is the phrase Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech where Baruch means that we're trying to increase the, our awareness of Hashem's presence within our own minds and and within uh, uh, our perceptions of the activities that we are engaged in, uh, and their connection to Hashem, and how there is a a, a field of, of of interaction between Hashem and us, that all the things that we're doing are rooted in Hashem, are taking place within Hashem's itself, are are powered by Hashem, and so there is no space in which Hashem's presence is not there. But we have a hard time seeing that because the Eitz creates this dynamic in which it, we tend to just notice that which is more most. Prominently featured in front of us, and it's easier to see the things that we're more familiar with, and harder to actually look and think in directions that we are less familiar with. And so that's what the Ataptaas created a tendency to. Uh, build mental structures and mental thought processes, mental thought patterns that are a function of our habit, a function of our of our personal experience, as opposed to a function of actual information, actual data, and actual truth, which is essentially synonymous with information and data, in the sense that there's a lot of things that are, that are right in front of us that we just don't see because of our habits and because of our, you can also use the phrase preconceived notions is actually a really good phrase for it because Preconceived notions means things that we kind of already thought before that we're now applying to situations that we are in currently, and we're we're seeing it the way that we saw it previously. So it's kind of like, if you think about on the internet, whenever you open a website, so there are times where the, the browser will read the the code for the website new, like anew, as if it's trying to see it in a new way. And then in certain situations, your browser will actually use what's called a cached version of the website, where it's simply just bringing up the previous experience that it had, uh, which sometimes is a faster way to do it, or some there's different reasons why that might happen. But when it does, it still looks like you're seeing the regular website but it's in a sense you're seeing kind of like a past snapshot of it that your browser is is working with for whatever reason and so that's exactly the same idea here the preconceived notion concept or the concept uh, of thinking about things currently based on previous Experiences and perceptions of them means we have a tendency to sometimes miss uh, either small or big aspects of what's right in front of us simply because we're working with a particular lens, a particular paradigm. And that's the Tobara. And So the phrase Baruch Ata Hashem is basically trying to increase our awareness of Hashem's presence, and Hashem is we, Hashem is a person in a certain way. That's why we use the word Ata, which is a direct ver, uh, direct word like the word et, which is exactly the same word as the word at, and the word ata, these are all words that indicate pointing towards something or towards someone, Uh, and what we're trying to do is we're saying, Baruch ata, you, Hashem, are now present in our minds, and and the name Hashem there. Is the four-letter name Yudke Vavke, uh, which basically represents that Hashem is the is the totality, the 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 one self that is behind all being, uh, that it all is all unified in that one self, and then all being, all the diversity, the multiplicity of existence, uh, derives from that one self. That's the meaning of the word Elokeinu, which we discussed a little bit in the last couple of episodes at Elokim is the concept of, of multiplicity of the machinery that takes that oneself self and manifests it in a in a multiplicitous form that we experience as the diversity of existence so bar Hashem elokenu means we were trying to we're saying we want more of you more awareness of you the the one self that is that is behind all being, but manifest in it in the pluralism of being that we experience around us. We got more awareness of that of that self in in its in its oneness beyond and in its multiplicity within. Uh, Melech haolam, the one who is directing this layer of existence and all the layers of existence. So the word olam does not just mean world; it means covers or layers of hiddenness. And so that's the, that's the key, the power phrase here. And then the rest of the bracha usually has a unique syntax that is particular to the, to the activity in which you're engaging. And so if we just look at the first part of this halacha, it says in halacha, hey, asher al divrei Torah. So he just quotes you the end of the bracha. Uh, which is that you have mitzvah uh, is also a some it's a it's a piece of a bracha syntax that we add whenever we're talking about a bracha that we're making in the context of performing a mitzvah. So the the this extra phrase is is always said if you're doing if you're doing a mitzvah like shaking a lulav or uh, you're, you're, you're putting on tefillin any kind of mitzvah um, which any kind of action which is a mitzvah we're going to define what a mitzvah is in a second a little more carefully we add this phrase. Asher uh, mitzvosav. So basically, the phrase means you have dedicated us to you through these mitzvot. and then you have given us a specific mitzvah to do the thing that it's about to ha- that that we're about to do. And in this case, it's al or the way that we say it today, which the Mishnah Berurah quotes here, is la Torah, which means to essentially engage in. Uh, Talking about Torah, to engage in, in learning and discussing Torah. So we have a bracha here that we're saying that we're trying to essentially access awareness of Hashem's presence within the context of doing a particular mitzvah. And that particular mitzvah is the mitzvah of thinking about and then discussing and learning and discussing uh, Torah concepts and Torah thoughts and Torah ideas. So we have to just delve in a little bit more carefully what exactly the mitzvah concept here is so that we can understand this bracha a little bit more carefully, what we mean when we're saying it, what, what kinds of thoughts it's supposed to be triggering in the cascade of our minds. Because that's in, in general, whenever we say these kinds of words, just like when we say words in tefillah in the sidur, the goal is that these words will trigger a cascade of thoughts that are associated with the words that we're saying, and so that's how we create heightened awareness. Just like if you haven't spoken about a particular topic in a while, then you have a long conversation with somebody, or even a short discussion about it with somebody, it will then kind of reinforce your awareness, your memory of the presence of that set of ideas. So that's what we're doing here. We're saying these words, which then create a cascade of thoughts inside of our mind uh, around this particular topic. So. Of mitzvot so, the concept of a mitzvah is often translated as a commandment. And it's not It's not really that that's such a terrible translation. It has certain elements of of, of accuracy in that particular word. Um, but a mitzvah, it really comes from Lashon of Tzav and Lashon of Tzivui and Lashon of Tsevet. These are all kind of the. the dynamic, that the the word itself is like this energy of a team, a group that is doing something. So when I'm mitzavet, somebody to do something, what's happening is I'm now creating a team relationship in which I am the director and they are the executor. They're the ones who are going to do the thing that I am directing to do. And it's not that I often it's 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 uh, conveyed in this in this um, construct of well I'm in charge I'm the one who gets to decide what to do because I have the power and you are simply the the um, you're you're lower down in the hierarchy in the sense that I have control over you and you have to do what I say I tell you to do this and you have to do it and that kind of language comes from things like the army and comes from analogies in the Gemara that sound similar to that, which is things like um, a king telling his servants what to do, or a master telling his slaves. And These are the kinds of language that are often employed. But the thing is that there's a a couple of issues with this. First of all, um, when we talk about an army, just a, 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 a person who's in charge, a commander, and then a subordinate, so... It's never actually true that the commander is in charge such that the subordinate has to do what is being, what he's being told to do. And what I mean by that is if you think carefully about this issue and it's really it's something which is a good example of, of things we don't notice because of Das Tovara. No person ever has to do anything. You' never have to do anything uh, in any context. You only have to do things in the context of things that you want. In other words, what I mean by that is there's no such thing as things that you must do, that you need to do, outside of a larger context of consequences that you prefer or desire or want. So let's even take an obvious example. You don't even have to breathe. You don't have to do anything. You don't even have to breathe. You only have to breathe in the context of the larger wanting of staying alive. In other words, since you want to live, therefore you have to breathe, but if you didn't want that, that voluntary wish of staying alive, which is your choice, the the, the wanting to stay alive, something which you decide, people can either decide to want to stay alive or not to stay alive, and, and unfortunately and tragically, when someone decides they don't want to stay alive, then they in fact don't breathe anymore. Uh, and that's that's true about every single thing in life. There is no such thing as something which a human being must do. We have absolute free will to decide what it is that we what what it is that we will do as a function of what outcomes we want. And so really, all needs are a function of wants. And that's true even in a context like the army. if if the person in charge tells you, you must do this, so the the response to that is, well, I I must do this if I want the consequence of being a part of this group. If I want the consequence of not being thrown into the uh, into the the lock the you know the jail lockdown uh, in uh, I don't remember the term for that in the army, but uh, to not be thrown into the brig or whatever analogous example there is in the army. That's not a navy example. um, To not be arrested. So if you want the consequence of that, so then you need to follow. Then then you do need. Then you must follow the instructions but if you don't want the consequences of that so then you don't have to do whatever you don't have to do anything anybody else tells you just again in life there are often consequences because there is different distributions of of power and authority that we've allocated based on people's situations so the person in the army if you're signed up for the army so then you have to go along with that if you want the consequence of not being put into jail but that's only the downside consequence. In other words, what we're discussing there is what happens if you choose to express what you want in a way that is not going in accordance with the larger group requirements but what's the upside consequence in other words when you engage and when you do activate uh, according to the the directives of the person in charge and then you actually go and do what they tell you so often we think to ourselves oh now i'm being stripped of my own autonomy because i'm doing what someone else told me it's also not true it's always a choice if once you start feeling like someone is stripping your autonomy that's actually going on in your head you are choosing to say to yourself well I have no free will here. I must do this. And then you start to feel resentment. And so it's very empowering to constantly tell yourself the truth, which is, well, I'm actually making a choice because I want a certain consequence and recognizing that there is a current Power distribution, which uh, prevents me from doing things in a different way without me having to pay a very heavy price. So I'm now going to choose to go along and join this particular team. Now that's, you know, there's a longer discussion about that, which is not exactly relevant to, to what we're doing right now, but that just, just to sort of lay out that framework is very helpful to understand the phrase a share of mitzvah because the concept of a mitzvah is really relating to the upside, although the downside is also a part of it, the upside of what it means to do a mitzvah. When you when you are doing a mitzvah so then you are joining the team uh, in in the sense that you are now acting as part of whatever the overall group is now when you're a part of an army that's not necessarily such a great thing because the person who's in charge of the army is telling you to do certain things and then you have to sort of follow along with them in order to be a part of the team but and the the, the danger there is that armies are Potentially very dangerous uh, uh, bodies, and not just danger- dangerous physically. They're dangerous morally. They can get into situations where they can really cause uh, unnecessary harm, where you might be forced to harm other people that are innocent or that are not not deserving of whatever treatment you're about to enact against them. And so that's a situation in which you know it's it's a it's a questionable. Um, type of situation in when, when, which you might not want to participate. But with mitzvos, so the nice thing about them is that they're always designed to make you more you, to create greater balance between you and Hashem, to help you to actually see yourself more clearly and more deeply and to, to, to see the relationship between you and Hashem more fully and it's exactly what a mitzvah does all mitzvahs fundamentally uh, share one characteristic which is even though they manifest in different actions but they all have the same root characteristic in that they bind the mitzvah and the mitzvah together the mitzvah is the one who is directing and the mitzvah is the one who is executing and so when you are executing a, a mitzvah of the mitzvah what happens is you now become his hands. In the context, it's kind of like if I ask you to do something for me, I send you to the store to buy something for me, and I give you my credit card, and they they say to you, "Oh, um, what's your name? Let's see your like does your name match the credit card?" And you say, "Well, I was actually sent here on the authority of Zev Bannett. He sent me with this credit card, and I'm an extension of him right now in the store. And so what that shows is that the executor of the mitzvah is the one who is now acting as almost like a mobile satellite version." of the director, of the person who is doing the sending, which is why the language of the Talmud, the Gemara, is that you're like a shaliach, you're a messenger, you're a representative of Hashem when you are doing a mitzvah, you're, you're engaging in your uh, your shal- shaliach of mitzvah. And so that that concept is the upside of doing mitzvos. And so that's this, this language of asher, kiddushan, mitzvosav. You have now dedicated us to you. That's what kiddushan means. You're dedicating us to you, Hashem, the mitzvosav through these, team creating these groupifying uh, actions. It's not really a word, but we're going to use it as a, as, a, as a word that captures the idea here. This groupifying dynamic in which when Hashem uh, uh, tells us these are the things to do, When we do those things, we now become part of Hashem. It's not that Hashem is just telling us in a vacuum, do these things, you have to do what I say, do these things. It's saying, do these things if you want to be a part of the team. And the team here is that you're accessing the fact that you're actually an aspect of Hashem in the world. So these are things that I, Hashem, would do if I was in the world the way that you are. So now when you do them, you become aspect, you manifest and discover, literally discovering, uncovering the aspect of Hashem that you are within, what we call your Hashem your conscious awareness, yourself. So you're accessing that through the doing of these actions. You're doing Hashem-type actions because you are a Hashem-type person. And so that's what that phrase means, that you're dedicating us to you through your mitzvot, which are literally team-creating or team-awareness-developing or groupifying uh, actions. And, and if you choose to do that, if you choose to, uh, if you want to be a part of this team, then you need to do these actions so whenever we talk about having to do certain things so in halacha especially you have to do this so it doesn't really mean that you have to do it it means you have to do it if you want to be a part of what this team is about and, and conversely, exactly what it says in the Torah, if you don't do it, if you choose not to do it because you don't want what this team is about, so then you are detaching yourself from Hashem. And the, the Torah there calls that death because the Torah's description of the map of existence is that you and your core self are linked with Hashem. You're actually one self. He He is, he is you. And so that means that your when you behave in a way that is that is uh, violating of that truth, you are essentially reducing your awareness of your oneness with Hashem, and you can do that so deeply that you can actually cut yourself off from Hashem in your perceptual space and experience yourself in total isolation, and that ultimately leads to such intense uh, body, consciousness, mental, emotional stress that you you actually it, it can actually kill you, and that is what happens. And this is a description of, of of the phenomenon of death, pretty much. Um, across the board, which if you want to hear more about that, check out our episode in Parshas Baratius, where death first uh, is brought into the world, to so understand exactly how death works, and sort of like what its purpose is. And so that's what a mitzvah is in, in a general sense. And then uh, uh, when you look at it in the context of this particular bracha, so we're now saying, mm-hmm. we're saying, you have, you have dedicated us um, through your mitzvot, through these groupifying activities. Vitzivanu, an, an example of a tzivui that you gave us to connect us to you in this way, to activate our bridge connection that we are now acting as your hands in the world. Like the Gemara says on the first page. Uh, I think maybe it's the fourth page, somewhere in the. What, what, maybe it's the fourth page, uh, one of those pages. Um, so uh, it's that you become Hashem's hand in the world. Vitzivanu, you've, you've created this particular example of a tzivui. And uh, what is it? La sokh Torah. That when we involve ourselves in learning Torah and studying Torah, so now we are bridging that gap. We are uh, activating ourselves as aspects of Hashem. We are now acting as Hashem's hands. In the world, and we are strengthening our awareness of Hashem through that experience, and, and we're we're remembering more deeply who we actually are, that we are a fragment of Hashem's self in the world that has forgotten who it is and is now trying to reactivate that and fight back against the distortions of the Eitz Adas to actually see the truth of ourselves and see the truth of the world. And In this particular example, the mitzvah of learning Torah, which is what we've been discussing throughout this area of Berkset Torah in the last few episodes, is a profoundly um, central tool in doing that because Torah is not like other mitzvot. Other mitzvot are actions that we take, uh, which are almost like indirect ways of bringing us back into harmony with Hashem. Think of it as like, you know, when you exercise your muscles, so then you, uh, you, you, you lift weights, things like that, and then you directly exercise those muscles. And then um, we have muscles that we have to indirectly exercise, uh, which are things like like our like our heart. You have to direct, you have to indirectly exercise it um, to find ways to indirectly make it uh, beat faster, so that way it, it gets tested, it gets it gets challenged. Um, and so normally mitzvot are kind of like indirect act exercises like that. In other words, mitzvot uh, act in a certain way on our on our bodies, but they also act on our perceptions, the world of our of, of our lens of existence, how we see things. Um, so mitzvahs indirectly influence that. In other words, by acting in a, in a particular mitzvah, the mitzvah is designed to impact certain parts of our body, our physical side and our emotional aspect. But the internal perceptual space is is something which is only indirectly impacted by the physical actions of mitzvahs, which is a longer discussion by itself. But Torah is like you going into your heart and actually like, you know, fixing it directly, trying to find ways to actually challenge it directly without having to use the rest of your body's motion to make your heart beat faster? What if you could just go directly into your heart and fix it uh, directly and you could actually change things about your heart uh, automatically just, you know, without having to do it indirectly? So Torah is like that. It's essentially, uh, instead of just behaving in ways that implicitly influence your lens space, your perceptual landscape, you actually learn lenses directly and then try to... um, uh, actively analyze the relationships between the lens you have and the lens that you're learning about and how to integrate them into your way of seeing the world to actually see more to see things more fully. That's the definition of learning and definition of education is to simply acquire lenses of reality that are increasingly accurate. So we can actually create responses to reality that are more and more and more uh, uh, in alignment and and have greater utility because they're just more real and more true. Uh, And that's really the goal of Torah learning at the highest level because it's simply the ultimate example of that. So we're going to continue in the next episodes with the next two brachos that we say, which are also going to have insights into how to think about Torah learning in general, but that's the first bracha and the general key phrase of Asher K'chanu V'tzivanu that really uh, adds a whole extra layer now to the bracha concept as we continue to develop it over the next episodes the whole, and throughout the series as we encounter more Hilchos brachos and Hilchos tefillah that we're going to see in later episodes. I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks so much for tuning in and for joining us. Again, check out Yesoblocks.com and join us, and looking forward to, see, to having you join me in the next episode.